This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. This is Less Than Live with Cater Die, a bi-weekly podcast about comics from all angles. I'm going to talk to you about what I'm reading and doing in the industry, as well as interviewing some of my friends and favorite creators. So come along with me on this journey into geek culture. episode, we record from the past straight into the future, where my next Adventure Time graphic novel, Bittersweets, has been announced. I list some fun summer graphic novels and elicit Batman recommendations from a trusted advisor. We then talk to geek girl hero Sam Maggs about comics, feminism, and guardians of the goddamn galaxy. Welcome back to our fifth episode, everybody. How have you been? You look really nice. We're recording this guy early because uh, when it comes out, I'm going to be in Northampton, Massachusetts. So as you're hearing this, I am in Northampton, Massachusetts, and I have just been to Boston Comic Book Con. And I can tell you it was really great. I know this from the past, but I'm right. Um, (laughs) So, yes, as we talk here now, I am on my way to Boston Comic Con this weekend, uh, and uh, I'm very, very much looking forward to that. I have a lot of friends in the Boston area. I think that's going to be really fun. Um, By the time this comes out as well, uh, my second Adventure Time graphic novel is going to have been announced. So how about that, eh? I'm doing another Adventure Time graphic novel. Uh, This one, as they've told you, I'm sure, it's kind of weird to do, is about Princess Bubblegum and Peppermint Butler going on a, I keep referring to it as a Lord of the Rings style quest. Basically, it's a journey where they have to go to all of these different kingdoms in Ooh, which I got to make up, which is really cool to retrieve these gems that are needed to power the Candy Kingdom. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, I love writing these awesome female-led Adventure Time stories. I love getting to make up so many new things. This one's really cool. There's neat friends and sorcery and a really heavily uh, Studio Ghibli influence. Um, Should I be saying Ghibli? Whatever. Either way, uh, there's a lot of that. There's Miyazaki all over it. And um, Peppermint Butler gets to do some cool stuff with black magic. So if you were into that, um, please help me make the New York Times bestseller list again. <laughs> I'm shooting for number eight this time. So I'm very excited about that. And uh, still chugging along on Edward Scissorhands and Fraggle Rock, although I have almost finished writing Fraggle Rock, which seems crazy to me because people only just found out about it. But that's the world of comics. It is you really need to learn patience and it's so hard (laughs) so i'm sorry if you enjoy my web comics and they have not been coming up uh as regularly as normal but mama's got shit to do so thank you for sticking around and uh, being a part of all of these weird diverse projects um i just found out i'm going to be going to new york comic-con this year so i'm pretty excited about that uh in dartmouth nova scotia i'm going to be at decaf there's a lot of stuff going on but mostly i'm just writing about 24 hours a day <laughs> so enough about that let's get to the rest of the show this week's recommendations are a two-parter i've been crazy busy and not keeping up as much on my single issues as i would like to um i did finally finish the wake i'm still not entirely sure that i get it but i still love it um just caught up on velvet as well and still completely loving that series um steve epting's art on that 
is amazing. I've, I've talked about it before. It's kind of a, a spy story with this awesome female lead in her 40s. And uh, it's I'm, I'm just so consistently impressed at how well Epting draws her at different stages of her life. You know, I mean, like so many people can only draw one female face or only one kind of woman and he draws her in in all these flashbacks throughout the comic and you're like oh yeah okay she's 19 here and she's 28 here and you can really tell these subtle differences in the way that she's aging and she's always beautiful but it's it's different and it's it's subtle it's it's really I think you know there's a lot of people who would maybe read that and, and not get that from it um but it's something that I, I have been reading and going like, oh, my God, <laughs> I wish I could do that. So, uh, yeah, Velvet, once again, is fantastic. So um, instead of that this week, I thought I would recommend a couple awesome, just fun summer graphic novels. If you're hitting the beach or the cottage or you just kind of want to read something that's standalone outside of regular ongoing series, um, there's a couple books on my bookshelf that I do come back to now and again that I really like. The first one is by Lucy Nisley, who has written a lot of comics I've really enjoyed. And uh, she had a book this year out called Relish, which is kind of a, a history of, you know, it's an autobiographical story, but it's also told with uh, recipes um, because her parents were foodies. So it's, it's a lot about food. It's a lot about growing up around food and around restaurants and things like that. And it's a lot of fun. It's a really good gift book for anybody in your life who's into food and, and you know, just how it relates to life, how it relates to nostalgia and how it's tied into specific events and, you know, the memory and the sense of memory that you get from food. So that is really cool. And it also really makes you want to cook, which is hard for me because I almost never want to cook. <laughs> so that's great. Um, Ryan North, the author of The Midas Flesh and Adventure Time, did a book last year called To Be or Not To Be, which is a choose-your-own-adventure version of Hamlet that is illustrated almost entirely by cartoonists, web cartoonists and indie cartoonists. Um, So every time you come to a different ending in it, uh, you get a different illustration. Now, I did one for it. Um, there are a lot of people who contributed multiple drawings. Marlo Meekins, I know, did a bunch, and she's really fantastic. So... Yeah, I mean, it's Hamlet, but there are also options where you end up, like, skateboarding to your death off a pirate ship, or <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of really crazy stuff that can happen. Um, it's really fun, and uh, it's a good kind of—I mean, every time you read it, you get something different out of it, so I definitely recommend it if you can track it down. I also really love the graphic novel adaptation of A Wrinkle in Time, the book by Madeline Lingle that you probably had to read in the fifth or sixth grade. Uh, Hope Larson did it, and she's an uh, awesome cartoonist. Her stuff is really beautiful. It's kind of a a more simplistic brush pen style, but um, she tackled this very kind of strange novel in in a really relatable way. And I read it, and my mom read it, and I know a girl who was like 12 that read it, and we all really liked it. So I think that says a lot about its appeal. It's one of those, I think it's either, it's a single color, or maybe there's one color of shading in it, um, which I'm a sucker for. I love that style. So if you want to read something a little bit more sci-fi, but that's, it's all ages friendly for sure, uh, definitely check that out. A little bit older and also great and kind of tied into some things we've talked about in the last few episodes is Sin Titulo by Cameron Stewart, who is the author on the new Batgirl series. Um, it's a really cool, really strange, very hard to describe now that I'm talking about it, graphic novel. Um, 
yeah, dealing with some some like memory loss and like it's got a sort of a memento-y feel to it about, you know, distorted realities and different planes of existence. And I wish I could do a better job describing it, <laughs> but you should pick it up. It was something that Cameron did as a web series for a long time, and then it was um, put together into a really nice hardcover collection. So if you are looking for something a little more surreal, a little more spooky, um, kind of shocking in parts. I remember that very distinctly that kind of deals with that same weird dreamscape stuff as like waking life. Um, I would I would check that out for sure. I'm not a big superhero comics reader. I feel like I should preface every episode with this. I do read superhero comics, but it's not you know, my primary thing. It's not what I got into comics through. So in an effort to diversify my recommendations, I talked to my roommate Logan, who is one of my favorite people in the world and is the biggest Batman fanatic that I probably know, and I know Ryan North and Chris Sims. This uh, <laughs> Logan is pretty much head to toe covered in Batman tattoos. His room is filled with Batman posters, and he reads everything that comes out. He's a fantastic human being. And so, since people are always asking me, you know, what superhero comics should I check out? What can I check out without having to read 900 issues of a series? Um, I posed the question to Logan, and he came back to me with a couple kind of thematic recommendations. And the first one he said was The Killing Joke, which is uh, Alan Moore and illustrated by Brian Boland, which I have read and really, really enjoyed. It's kind of a staple. I think if you're into comics, it's something that you've probably read. But if not, I mean, check it out. It's definitely dark. It's definitely weird. Um, but, you know, it's 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 a crazy, it's a crazy ride. I think a lot of people come to that as their you know, stand standing number one Batman book. Um, so yeah, if you've ever read anything of Alan Moore's, I mean, he did Watchmen, he did Swamp Thing, he's done everything. Uh, definitely uh, look at that one. It's it's a darker take on the Joker and really kind of fleshed out that character into something even more terrifying, <laughs> but incredible. Uh, Logan also recommends Death in the Family, which is about Jason Todd and. If you know how it ends, this is the story where it ends. Uh, it's from 1988, and it collected Batman issues 426 to 429. But as far as, you know, Logan tells me, you can pretty much read it on its own. Um, it was pretty controversial in its time. There was a vote on whether or not to kill Jason Todd, and it brought out a lot of darkness in the comics community. Um, many, many years later, in 2006, came out Under the Hood, uh, which collected Batman 635 to 641, and it was later adapted into what you may have seen is an animated um, a cartoon from Warner Brothers, Under the Red Hood, which is kind of about the return of Jason Todd. This is probably full of spoilers. Just read it anyway. Um, it's, uh, it's good stuff. Logan is also a big fan of Scott Snyder's current run on Batman, which makes total sense to me. And he really recommended The Black Mirror, which I also loved. Uh, it's illustrated by Jock. I'm pretty sure there's also a Francesco Francavilla story in there that's really good, if I'm remembering right. Um, and that is a totally self-contained Batman story. There is a nod to the whole Jason Todd situation in there that Logan got a little giggly about talking to me, which was really twisted. Um, Logan also says Nightfall is really great, uh, which I know to be the story of Bruce Wayne kind of versus Bane. It's where he gets his back broken, which is not really a spoiler because it's on the cover of the 
book. Um, Batman is pretty much broken down and kind of gets destroyed and then replaced by somebody else. And it's sort of about his gradual crawl back from the pit. And uh, we talked about it this morning and how we really love stories where the superhero actually loses. And this is definitely, you know, is definitely one of those stories. So if you've been wanting to check out Batman or, you know, if you're a casual fan or someone who just wants to try something a little bit different, you know, check out any one of these. They could be could be the thing to get you into a whole new world. Hey, if you like the production quality on Less Than Live, which I know I do, and you want to keep it from sounding like I'm recording in a garbage can, you can donate. That's a thing you can do now. Um, you can just go to villagesoundcast.com. There will be links. There will be information. It'd be really nice. You don't have to, but I'd like you more. She's so sweet. Caleb is gonna answer your tweets. My first question this week comes from someone named Litao Knox on Twitter. Uh, I hope that I'm pronouncing that right, but I'm probably not. And uh, they ask, what's your favorite queer ship? canon or not um and to translate for anyone who's not a tumblr person um or (laughs) a teen on the internet um a ship is obviously uh, when you want two people in a show or series or comic to get together and uh, canon or not means like whether they are together or where you just wish they would be together and queer is pretty uh self-explanatory um (laughs) i obviously am a big fan of marceline and bubblegum from adventure time and i wish that i could make them get together but i don't have the power um (laughs) outside of that um probably xena and gabrielle like Going back in the day, I kind of grew up on them and always really, really wanted them to get together. So I think that was my first experience with, like, really desperately wanting two women in uh, any kind of pop culture to make out. And then they they kind of do. So <laughs> it's sort of canon. But, yeah, they're, you know, I've talked about how much I love warrior princesses. And, and they were, I think they were my first Warrior princesses, them, and, and Sailor Moon. And as much as I loved all the characters of Sailor Moon, there was never a point where there were two characters I really desperately wanted to be together because Sailor Neptune and Sailor Uranus already were. And I loved them, but it wasn't so much shipping as it was. I just really liked that couple. So uh, the answer stands, Xena and Gabrielle forever. <laughs> and on Twitter, Dan, whose Twitter name is Penuch, asks... Do you buy comics to own and collect or to consume their stories? Essentially, do you revisit singles or trades much? Um, I do not reread things as much as I would like to on account of how much money I have spent on said single issues and books. Uh, I have an enormous library of comics and graphic novels for someone who's only been in comics for four years. I know a lot of people have a lot more than I do, but I, I don't reread stuff a lot simply because I'm buying new things all the time. I I think I get my money's worth by lending them out to friends and introducing people to them for the first time. And there's a few books I've gone back to and and looked at again. Um, I've definitely, you know, I I read Lock and Key and Single Issues, and then I read it again when it came out collected. And there are a few issues I've gone back to just because they were funny. I mean, that second issue of Sex Criminals still makes me laugh like crazy every single time. Um, so I think I buy them and I hold on to them mostly because I'm a book hoarder and I love, I don't like having a lot of stuff. I don't have a lot of collectibles. Um, mostly the things I own a lot of are clothes and books and, but I love just owning books. I'm happy every time I reach a point where I need to get a new bookshelf. So maybe that's an issue, (laughs) but I just, I just like having them 
I like being able to share them. So that's, I can't help myself. <laughs> Connor, whose Twitter name is Diabetedown, that's terrible and I love it, asks, uh, I'm quoting directly here, uh, how was it when you realized you'd made it? Do you still feel like an amateur? Also, what are your favorite cartoons? Well, Connor, that's very greedy because that's three questions. But since I feel awkward answering the first two, um, <laughs> I still feel like an amateur all of the time. I don't think there's um, a day where I don't, or the thought doesn't cross my mind of what, how uh, do I get to do this? And how is this my job? <laughs> when are they going to realize that they've hired me and get somebody better? Um, but that being said, I support myself working in comics now and doing comics related things rather than having a day job. So, you know, that's kind of reassuring. I, I live well on what I do. And uh, so I think that that is some reassurance every time I feel like um, I'm not <laughs> supposed to be here. More importantly are my favorite cartoons. Uh, Gravity Falls just came back on air and I could not be more pleased. Uh, it's one of my favorite shows. It's incredibly smart. I can't believe it's on the Disney Channel because it's so smart. Sorry, Disney. But um, it, it's brilliant. Uh, Alex Hirsch is the creator of that show, and, and I know a couple of people who work on it. And it's just so smart. And for anybody who doesn't watch it, if you're into Lumberjanes, if you're into, you know, kids' summer camp type stories, it's it's got a lot of that flavor. Uh, it's basically about these two kids who get shipped off to stay with their uncle at a place called the Mystery Shack in the woods for the summer. And the shack is basically a fake supernatural museum. But as they start to discover, there are a lot of actually supernatural things going on. There's a lot of references to Twin Peaks. You know, it's got a bit of a, a younger kind of Buffy feel to it. And the two main characters, Dipper and Mabel, who are brother and sister, have an awesome relationship. And I love male-female casts, you know, and it's like a boy and a girl who are friends. And obviously because they're siblings, they're friends. But uh, their their interactions are great. So, yeah, there's a first season of that and the second one just started and it is so funny and full of codes and cryptograms and secrets and it's just so smart. I love the idea of cartoons that don't underestimate their audience. You know, there's there's stuff in it for every age group and every level of interest. And I, I think that's really cool. So, yeah, it doesn't pander which is great. So Gravity Falls is really awesome. Uh, I, I keep up on Adventure Time and Bravest Warriors. I'm also really into Steven Universe, uh, which is hopefully coming back soon. I'm uh, really looking forward to being Puppycat, also digital from the same uh, kind of company, uh, Frederator, as, um, as Bravest Warriors. So that's really fun. Um, I also really like Regular Show. Regular Show is, is very funny and I think just kind of keeps getting better and weirder. So it's a, it's a lot of similar styled things but those are those are what I go back to and those are what I always keep up on but man goddamn gravity falls it's so good <laughs> we're going to take a break for just a minute and help me pay for my boat are you ready for this This podcast is now brought to you by Audible.com, where you can get a free download and a 30-day free trial just by going to audibletrial.com forward slash less than live. That's less than live, all one word, all caps. There are over 150,000 titles to pick from for whichever device you prefer to use to listen to smooth, sexy audiobooks. 
Got a thing for British accents and great stories? I recommend The Ocean at the End of the Lane or any one of a dozen titles by Sandman author Neil Gaiman. Just hit up audibletrial.com forward slash less than live. Kate's gonna interview you. Kate's gonna interview you now. She's gonna ask questions. Kate's gonna interview you. Kate's gonna interview you now. This is the interview section. We're here with Sam Maggs, who is an editor for geek culture website The Mary Sue, as well as the writer of an upcoming book, The Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy, which is going to be coming out next spring. Sam is a really awesome person. Uh, so, hi, Sam. Hi. Tell me about your book. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I just finished writing it. It's called The Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, it's going to be out with Cork Books and distributed by Random House next spring which is awesome, and it's going to be like a fully illustrated guide to help ladies live their nerdiest lives, That's which is amazing. so exciting. <laughs> yeah, one of the guys in the studio was reading the description of it, and he's like, this is, this is perfect. This, is, this has to be on our show. <laughs> oh, amazing. I just, yeah, it's like I went into it kind of thinking, what book would I have like killed to have when I was 15? And, like, felt alone and, like, nobody else I knew liked comics or, like, I was really weird for liking Stargate and, like, didn't know how to find other people who liked what I liked or, you know, didn't know what, like, being a feminist meant or any of those things. And I wanted to, like, make that book. And so it was really cool to be able to put that together. And then as it kind of came together, it's not, you know, it's for girls of all ages, which is exciting. But, you know, I I think it's going to be good I, hope <laughs> I think it's gonna be good like <laughs> everything I've heard about it is good um because it so so it's a guide to getting into geek culture um it's it has some introductory stuff for people who are new to the world but it's I would say it's really for people who already have like a working knowledge of the geek world right. as well so Am- there's amateur section- nerds Yeah, yeah, exactly a little bit. But there's something in there for like the hardcore nerds as well. Like I have a, there's a whole section on going to conventions and like how to prep for that the best, how to cosplay at conventions. And that's the kind of stuff that like, even if you've been to a convention a thousand times, I feel like there's always tips from people that you hear that you're like, oh, I've never thought of bringing like bags and boards before for my comics. I should remember to do that. And, you know, tips like that. And um, tips on how to be like a good geek feminist and, you know, how to meet like-minded nerds in your town. Things like things like that. that That's awesome. You know, everybody can benefit from a little bit, I hope. I think so. Thanks. That's definitely something that, I mean, I'm personally excited to read. <laughs> thank you. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. And, and it's, yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, and I know that you you interviewed some people and stuff for the book, too. Yes? Yes, including yourself. Well, I mean, yeah. Okay, that's my lead-in. But <laughs> I'm in the book a little bit. A little but, bit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, who else, who else have you talked to? Oh, my gosh. There are so many exciting people in this book. Um, Beth Revis. Like, a lot of cool YA authors I was able to, to interview. I'm, like, so grateful for that. Um, some comic creators, some journalists, a little bit of everybody, some cosplayers, a little bit of everybody from the nerd world, um, which is really, really cool because I think like everybody has people that they look up to in this business, no matter what you're into on like the nerd side of things, right? Whether you're into comics or you're into like sci-fi TV or whatever, you have your sort of heroes and 
I thought it would be cool to hear from them, like what it means to them to be a fangirl. What good things have they gotten in their lives from being a fangirl? You know, what advice they would have for other women in this world who who want to be a part of it or want to be in it professionally or just, you know, how not to take other people's crap. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Yeah, um, definitely important. Like, yeah, it was like really, really awesome to be able to to talk to all of these other women in this world who I also look up to like hugely and get their opinion on. It, yeah, it's it's really exciting, I think, when you have kind of a medium like that, that you can sort of, I mean, I don't want to say use as an excuse, but you definitely <laughs> yeah, yeah. have a reason to, to talk to people that you really look up to. No, it's true, it's true. And I was like emailing all these people like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, like I'm a journalist and I do that sometimes, but it's also like, oh, every time I do it, I'm always like, what am I doing? You're still a like, fangirl. I mean, yeah, <laughs> at the definitely. heart of the whole thing. Oh yeah, that's it. I get you. No, that's really yeah. awesome. And I'm, I'm excited that, you know, a publisher is is going going with something like that because, you know, there's nothing else that's quite like that out there. Well, that's kind of what I thought, too, when I started writing the book. I was my agent and I were like looking around at comparable titles and we were like, we can't believe no one has written this book. Like, it seems like such an obvious thing. Like there should there are no books for like geek girls, yeah. even though it's so big on the Internet, like Tumblr and fan communities and all that is, is huge, as you well know. Oh, yeah. Um, and it, it was just so strange to us that there was no um, resource like this. For, for girls out there. And Cork, my publisher, is like amazing. They published um, a, The Geek's Guide to Dating. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah, which is like an adorable book. It's very and cute. Like, yeah, but it's for dudes, you know? Yeah. It's like a book <laughs> about how dudes can date like lady nerds, which is great for dudes. But like, <laughs> where is the stuff about like how to be a good shipper and like... <laughs> How to not get into shipping wars. And like, where is that for us, you know? I like um, it. That's so great. It, it was, like, really awesome of them to take it on. And they, like, right away understood the, like, they got the point of the book, you know? Right away they were like, we're going to go to Tumblr and we're going to find a webcomic artist and we're going to get it illustrated. And, like, um, they just really got it and never tried to, like, tone down. You know, there's a whole chapter in my book on feminism and, like, being a geek girl feminist and, like, <laughs> how to support other women. And they never asked me to, like, tone that down or be less, like, you know, rabid about that, which was so <laughs> important to me. Because, you know, if a 15-year-old girl picks up this book, yeah, I want there to be a whole chapter on, like, raw, raw ladies, you know, <laughs> intersectionality and, like, all that good stuff. So stuff that I, when I was 15, wish I would have known so that I was never that girl who was like, oh, I'm not like other girls. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, we've all been we down all that. We all went through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if I had maybe yeah. had a book that told me why that was lame, then <laughs> maybe not. So, Well, and yeah. especially when it's sandwiched between all this other stuff that you're already invested in and, and interested in. So I think there's a lot of people who are going to come into it excited to read that part because I know that I would, but also I think you're going to get people who are coming into it casually and will be sort of, you're kind of sneaking it up on them. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I hope too. I, it's like in the middle. <laughs> yeah. So after you read about like conventions and like how to find your local comic book store, that's then it's awesome. also like, by the way. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you're you're extending outside of just comics culture in this, right? Like it's video games and and TV and, and different stuff. 
It is. It's a little bit of everything. I mean, I try to make references through the whole book to all kinds of different things, but Mm -hmm. it's video games, it's TV. I mean, TV fandoms are huge, obviously, you know, like Super Hulak and stuff. So that's in there. Definitely comics, but then also, you know, movies and all all kinds of stuff. No matter what you're a fan girl of, there's like something about it in the book, unless it's sports. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I think that I mean I feel like that has probably been covered by by someone else, but no, yeah, that's that's really awesome. Thank you. Because I know I mean you and I both are are deeply entrenched in fan culture uh, in whatever method because I know you're a big gamer like you're a Mass Effect nut yeah a little bit that's probably fair to say (laughs) (laughs) so I mean yeah like I'm I'm a big Bioshock person outside of being into the comics world so you know it's really neat it's a choice of game man Bioshock's amazing it's the only video game I've ever finished which is (laughs) no I hear you though you have to like get invested in a game to I'm that kind of person too and it's scary as hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Bioshock's terrifying, but and which is so weird too because I'm also a huge wimp. Like I can't watch yes. horror movies. I'm exactly the same. And I can't even read horror books. Like I I love Lock and Key as a comic, and for some reason I can read horror comics. Like I yeah. read Uzumaki, and I can read a lot of that. I mean, not like crossed. I'm not gonna read stuff that's no, just okay. gross, but yeah. but I can read horror comics, which is why I love horror comics so much because it's like the one way in which I can participate in that. Um, But for some reason, I can play Bioshock. I I always tell people that Bioshock is my favorite video game, but I'm exactly the same way. Like, I I never watch horror movies. I would would rather, like, I would rather watch 10 hours of SpongeBob. (laughs) (laughs) Like, literally, I can't do it. Um, But yeah, Bioshock is, like, the art direction is amazing, and the story is so clever, and, like, there's never, I think there's never been another game like that, but... um, yeah, yeah, we're definitely both deeply entrenched in fan culture, though, as, like, internet people. Yeah. So I think it's neat that you're kind of, I mean, you know, you tackle all sides of that, because I think there's this, you know, <laughs> part of me feels like it's it's just a giant um, slap in the face to the idea of a fake geek girl, because I think our lives are so polar opposite to that notion. Yes. <laughs> everything we do in one way or another is geeky. Everything. Yeah, it, it's true. And I talk about that in the book, obviously, a little bit too, about like the fake geek girl and all that crap. But like that, the fact that that notion even still exists so is like really weird to me. Yeah. Like, like I, have we not been over this enough? Like, we're <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand how people, like, I just posted a video, like a YouTube video about people who like accuse other women of being fakers or whatever and sure enough like the first comment on my youtube video was like oh we don't think all girls are fake only the ones that look fake duh geez women (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing what what does that even mean like how do you look fake like do i look i don't know i don't know who has to live up to your weird standards well if you're pretty and you're wearing a nerdy reference t-shirt you're obviously just doing it for attention yeah because we all just like solely thrive off the energy given to us by male attention the only reason that we do this every hour of every day for our whole lives (laughs) and that it is our jobs and free time and um yeah yeah it's I had someone reblog a picture of me at one point like three months ago and I was wearing I mean I'm always wearing nerdy reference t-shirts yeah and somebody made one of those comments of like oh 
It's just like a fake geek girl. And part of me, I just want to scream. I'm like, I don't know anyone who is more involved in the geek world right now than I. I mean, no, like just I would, in terms would, of like, my, my friends and stuff. Moon tattoo and be like, bro. Yeah. Right. Bro. Which I just did for attention. Um, yeah, exactly. It's so crazy. I'm like, I write comics. I read comics. I work in a comic book store. I do a comic book podcast. Everything in my life. I run a group for women who work in comic shops. Seriously. And of course, the guys who are accusing you of that, like, wouldn't, like, they probably, like, have a Batman t-shirt and read a comic one time. And they're like, ugh. My God, even if they are, you know, crazy nerds, it's still like, why? Why are they these people... I don't get it. Why do you care? I don't know. I don't know. So I can never get the mindset of people who like, you know, so many people who come into geek culture and who come into comics and and movies and video games come to it from a place of of being isolated and kind of being an outsider. And the idea of once you're in that world, becoming a gatekeeper to keep other people out because they don't. Like It's just so hypocritical. It is. And like, it's weird to me, too, because like you probably feel this way, too, but like when you get someone into comics who's never been into comics before, is that not like the most exciting feeling? Oh my God, it's so great. I mean, I've been trying forever to get my mom to read different comics and like I gave her a whole bunch of Hellboy because my mom loves mystery novels and she reads like a fiend, you know? She she definitely fostered my love for stories and, and, and things like that. And it's so hard to get her to read comics. Not that she's not... A reader but you know it's just you got to find the thing that clicks absolutely and, and like every once in a while she'll tell me like oh I read that thing that you sent me and it was really great. like she read all of sex criminals in a day <laughs> that's my mom just read all of sex criminals too <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing it. yeah it's such a good feeling right for my mom I think it was fables because she was really into once upon a time and I was like here that's amazing <laughs> and then like sold loves it now, I just couldn't but... believe it you know my mom who is crazy about murder mysteries and like the supernatural it kind of like was iffy on like Hellboy yeah. and Lock and Key but loved sex criminals so you never know right hilarious yeah but it's but so yeah, good it's so exciting when someone like when you can convert someone like I one of my best girlfriends just like I finally convinced her to get a PlayStation 3 and so for her birthday I sent her a bunch of like old games like from the backlog and she's like so invested now and that was such an exciting feeling for me so people who are like oh you're not a real fan you've only liked it for five minutes it's like no those are the best new fans like that's us at one point that was all of us exactly at some point in our lives I mean I only started getting into comics four years ago and like look at me now and Easy well, to think about. It's such a great feeling because I mean, the comic shop that I work at, we host these ladies' nights once or twice a year, right. and which you know, lots of tons of shops are doing it now, which is the best. But every single time, there will be at least one person who comes up to me at the counter and is really shy, and I go to give them a gift bag or like you know, talk about what they're picking up or whatever. And mm-hmm. every time, invariably, some girl will say to me like, "Actually, this is my first time in a comic book store, and I want to leap over the counter and hug them." Like, Let's be best friends. She's like, you're safe here yeah totally (laughs) thank you for taking a chance and like I still I still get that like nervous feeling sometimes when I walk into comic book stores like am I gonna be welcome here like is it okay which is a total internal thing because none of the comic book stores that I go to would ever make me feel unwelcome but like it is hard to get past that so the people who make that jump like yeah, you should want to, like, foster them and be excited for them and w- welcome them into new things. And, like, I mean, you know, my book has, like, 
for every category of like fandom, I have a little thing about like how to get into it or like where to start. Right. Because that can be intimidating too, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. How do you know if you want to get into 10 seasons of Supernatural, like you start at the <laughs> beginning or like what do you even do? Like I hear it gets bad after season five. Like I don't know. Yeah. So it's important to have, you know, people and resources who are welcoming to you and gatekeepers they're not welcome here let's just let's shut them out of this world yeah, they can go completely well <laughs> I, I get you uh, yeah yeah it's so crazy just thinking i don't know that that whole idea just makes me so frustrated <laughs> so true i feel like less and less though people are being okay with it yeah i think you know it's, it's definitely changed a lot i mean in the last decade and then even in the last couple of years you yeah there's such a massive female based fan culture out there like it's so huge and so rabid and at this point so many people have you know now that because of social media it's not just people isolated you know if you live in a small town yeah. you have if you have an internet like provider you have access to yeah an enormous unlimited fan culture. So that yeah. isolation, I think, is going away. And I think the internet, as much as people can disparage it for being like a horrible um, hole <laughs> yeah. of, of awfulness, which it definitely can be, I think it also, it, you know, people are finding and, and fostering these communities together online. And I think, you know, having a having a book like that, making something like that, that also, you know, in print gives people maybe the jump that they need to, to try that. I think that's really awesome. Oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah, and I talk a lot about that too, about how like Tumblr and places like Fan Fiction Archives and, you know, for old school forums really do foster this sense of community among women to the point where like we've sort of developed like our own fandom language a little yeah. bit, which a lot of people disparage and talk about like, oh, silly girl speak or whatever. But that's like pretty misogynist if you think about it, because like when in the history of the world has there ever been a space where like women can come together and create their own means of communicating about the things that they love? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's totally unique to something like Tumblr where like we're able to, you know, talk the way we want to talk about the things we want to talk about. And that's kind of amazing. Really? Yeah, it's I mean, it's the thing. It's a reason why I always come back to it. And I get frustrated. I mean, just the same as you do. I get frustrated with Tumblr and with yeah. social media and, and, you know, but there's just something about it. Like, never, never dismiss the power of teen girls. <laughs> yeah, amen to that. And especially like, you know, I think more people are realizing now, like, there are more female gamers 18 and up than there are male gamers 17 and under. You know what I mean? Like that that image of like the gamer being this bro, 15-year-old bro mm -hmm. is like, it's not true anymore and people know it. Like half of the people who go to conventions are women. Half mm -hmm. of the people who watch the sci-fi channel are women. Like, and I, I think and I hope, you know, it's a slow process, but you hope that the people who are creating the things... Yeah. kind of start to realize that as well a little bit, which is going way better in comics than it is in gaming, by the way. <laughs> way better. Yeah, it, I mean, it's still a lot could be done, but, you know, it's it's getting better. I mean, we yeah. were talking about this thing earlier today when, you know, we were talking about in setting up the podcast, like I was I was talking to you and I've talked to a couple people online about how I want to keep it gender balanced. Like I want to talk to, to, you know, all genders of people and, and not, you know, just be specific, but... It's it is a little difficult when it comes into the world of the big two comic creators, yeah. because it is kind of a small list. You know, yeah. there are so many women in web comics. You know, and and it, there's so that's a little 
as well, you know, it's kind of, it's getting better. <laughs> it, it is. I think it's getting better. But it, it's still really discouraging. <laughs> it is a little bit, but, but I mean. that's why we need to have talks like this and why we need to have books like this and why we need comics like yours and, you know, more people putting it out there that, like, you can do this. People yeah. want to hear your voice, you know? I get so jazzed when I see something that is either, you know, female created or or female based or just like, you know, it's like, you know, I come back to Lumberjanes all the time, but just like the huge reaction that yes. that comic got from everyone. And just like, I think that inspired so many people. And, you know, there's now rumors everywhere of a kind of like copycat projects or people who are like, oh, if they did that, maybe we can do this. And yes. uh, I'm all for it. You know, hey, that's great. Yeah, I, I totally is... agree. It was like when we heard this weekend that Ghostbusters might be getting like a reboot by the guy who did Bridesmaids in the Heat, but it would be with like an all female Ghostbusters team. That would be fucking incredible. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I don't even care that it's like Hollywood doesn't even have any new ideas anymore if it's this. Like, I feel like sure. this is really nice to balance out the disappointment of Katie Sackoff's tweet yesterday about how she's not going to be Captain Marvel. I mean, we knew she wouldn't, but. It's still sad. I was so excited for a minute when she tweeted that picture of like the red and yellow. Yeah. I was like, oh God, it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> and then it no. No, it's not. Uh... It's yeah. It's a frustrating thing. But I mean, yeah, there's a there's a lot of good stuff coming out yeah. of there too. And I mean, I, I go back to all the time, like Emerald City Comic Con last year, I think was one of the first cons that, you know, posted their statistics of ticket sales and it was basically split. Yeah. You know? And yeah. even in some cases there were more women. Yeah. And then attending, and I love that. I love seeing it. I just want to wear it on a shirt. <laughs> it's so funny, too. Like, my introduction to fandom was, like, I was, I mentioned this before, but, like, I was a huge Stargate fan. Like, that was my thing when I was a teenager. Awesome. And so when I was 18, I started going to Stargate-specific conventions with my mom. Holla, my mom. Um, <laughs> and the thing about Stargate is that, like, it's a show about characters and most of the characters are like hot, beefy dudes, kind of like with Supernatural. Right. So I would go to these conventions and there would literally be four men and like <laughs> a thousand women in the room. So my introduction to fandom was like, oh my gosh, it is like ladies who are watching these shows. Like it's, and so that was like a really, that was a huge influence on my life in this world since then was like, I, it's not these like, bro-centric things. It's actually like there's a lot out there that appeals to women and that other women are into. And that was like so exciting for me, you know? And yeah. so seeing that translate into the larger general interest cons now is so rad. Well, it's crazy too. I mean, I was talking to somebody from Frederator the other day who was saying mm -hmm. that at San Diego, they had a panel for Bee and Puppy Cat that had a thousand people. And that wow. is, yeah, that's one, like two six or seven minute cartoon episodes like completely isolated with no there's no series there's right. I mean there's a comic now that's what two yeah. three episodes in or issues in yeah. and so like you're 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 looking at this thing that barely exists yet and yeah. a thousand people came to the panel that's crazy like, yeah and obviously like a hugely female audience but they he said it was like there were tons of men there too and which is awesome for a show that was created by a woman that has a female protagonist you know a yep. lot of I guess the writing staff's like three people but two of them are women um and yeah. it's just so cool it's so cool it to see that it shows happen. too that like when 
there is a void for something, if you fill it, like people will come to it. You know what I mean? Like there are people out there who want this stuff and like. Oh man, overwhelmingly so, which almost makes it so funny that it's so rare. It's true. Like, why do you think lumberjanes flew off the shelves, you know? Yeah, it's a, a, a like original property. It's all ages. It's diverse. It's got adventure and monsters. And it's yeah. like, yeah, all and yet written and created by women. Find, like excuses for why women centric stuff doesn't exist. Like I was in I got into a Twitter argument. I know I shouldn't. But you, I can't. Did. you can't do it. <laughs> I know. I just it was one of those ones where it started out where I thought he was like genuinely asking me a question. And then I was like, oh, no, it's a troll. And oh. then it was too late. <laughs> the but worst. No, it was a couple weeks ago when Marvel didn't announce any female centric movies at San Diego Comic-Con, which mm. I was pretty bummed about because yeah. I was really hoping for Captain Marvel God. or something. Even Black Panther, I would have been OK with like anything, just anything. It <laughs> isn't different. a white dude movie. Yep. Um, but a guy came at me being like, oh, yeah, well, you know, female-centric films don't sell. And so I sent him the statistics of how in 2013, movies with female protagonists outsold movies with male protagonists. And then I sent him the thing about how, like, Lucy last weekend outsold Hercules, which was in IMAX and in 3D, and it didn't even matter. Lucy did better. And he just came at me with, like, well, none of those are superhero movies. And I was like... But oh my god! Exactly. That's my. Bro- ah, well, <laughs> Can you oh, imagine how I? well a superhero movie would do? I know. It was like we're oh. talking in circles now. Like you're using the fact that they don't exist to justify the fact that they don't exist. And like, <laughs> what weird matrix am I in? Like, I don't know. It's it's hard to fight that fight because people like want to be convinced that lady stuff won't sell, I and I don't don't know why. get it. I don't get it. I don't get like you, the Hunger Games. Frozen, yeah. come on. For real. <laughs> For real. It's crazy to me. And like these things do super well. And I don't know. I mean, people have all their issues with Frozen, but man, at the end of the day, it's a movie where, I mean, spoilers, it doesn't hinge or end on like a forced marriage. It's yep. the love that saves the day is between sisters, just yep. not a thing that Disney usually does. I mean, they, yep. they definitely switched up the script with Brave, which is why that movie means so much to me. I don't care what anybody says. That movie's great. I'm Brave is amazing. Um, so so yeah, that was really important because, yeah. I don't know, I mean, like, I wanted to love The Princess and the Frog so much. And then they kind of, like, shoehorn in this marriage thing at the ending. I was like, ugh. Come on. It was unnecessary. I mean, it's why, I I mean, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy three times this weekend. I've been twice. Yeah, girl. So good. So good. But like, okay, spoilers, (laughs) like minor spoilers if you haven't seen it. But, you know, much like the Avengers, there's the, there's no love story in Guardians. Like there's no kiss at the end. It's not about that. It's about the power of friendship. And like, yeah, more of that, please. I don't get it. Like, I've just been so upset over the last couple of days and I shouldn't be. But I mean, you get the same way where you see people reacting to something in a way that you're just like, no, you don't get it. You don't get it. (laughs) I liked Gamora so much in that movie because everyone's like, oh, she's so soft. It's like, what? what? She kills like she's an assassin. She's the best fight scenes in the movie. What? <laughs> and then but like I loved the fact that she had all these amazing fight scenes and she was so tough. And like her, I'm God, her fight choreography was awesome. 
Oh my god! So cool. And then you know when she's not like her personality seemed like it had a ton of levels to me. There's there's times when she's really quiet and soft and awkward and weird, and then other times where she's very headstrong and frustrated and she doesn't do everything right. And I thought that was great. Like I think she had way more personality than Black Widow. Personally. Oh, I, I agree. I think Black Widow sometimes falls into the like, you know, strong female character like problem trope where they're tough, but they don't have a lot else going on. Yeah. Y- you know, like, I mean, if you read the comics, you know, all of her backstory and everything, but that doesn't come through like a whole lot in the movie. Yeah. But yeah, with Gamora, you definitely, I would have loved to have seen more of the dynamic between like Nebula and Gamora and oh, Thanos. For sure. And like, obviously yeah. that's coming in the sequels. Yeah. Which is great, and you couldn't fit all that into one movie. But she definitely, like, you could tell she's troubled. She was like, you can, you know, she's been through a lot. You mm-hmm. saw that she like kind of wanted to be in a romance, but like also didn't want to. Like, she had layers, and that's, yeah. you know, people are always saying like, oh, we don't want strong female characters. We want complicated female characters with layers, and like they gave you one. Yeah, you're welcome. Played like, by a woman of color, also. Ass. Yes. So. Also. <laughs> That happened. Yeah. I don't it's know. like bitchin' hair. Oh, man, that hair is so good. God, I wanted it <laughs> so bad immediately. But it was also like, I mean, it's cool, but also realistic. It wasn't like she had some crazy complicated hairdo. Like, it's just down all the time. Yeah. yeah. But it was awesome. And it totally made sense for an alien assassin. Because if, like, you were a hot alien assassin, you would want to look wicked cool, I think. Yeah. You know? Obviously. And Plus, it's probably part of your shtick, you know? Yeah. Like, Totally. If Peter Quill can use his sass and like charm to get mm-hmm. stuff, then Gamora can use her sexiness when sucking on a fruit, and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and this was the thing we were talking about just before the start of the podcast, too. Also, Jason just texted me that 44% of the attendees of Guardians of the Galaxy this past weekend were women. So Yay! That's, yeah, that's not, an amazing statistic. It's awesome. That's awesome. Um, but we were talking about it and how, like, you know, a lot of people were complaining about there's this kind of gratuitous, like, ass shot of Gamora at one point. But I'm like, yes. But there's also a lingering, like, yes. five-second shot of topless Chris Pratt just heaving. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. Plus, that, that lingering ass shot of Gamora is, like, very clearly from, like, Peter's perspective. Yeah. Because he's just talking about, like, her, and she says the ship is filthy, and she goes up, and he's clearly looking at her butt. Like, you know it's his yeah. perspective. Whereas the shot of... Uh, him with his shirt off is like from no one's perspective like that's just for me (laughs) (laughs) that's just for all of us that's always more gratuitous because it doesn't serve any purpose in the larger plot yeah but when it happened I like looked over at my mom and she just like shifted in her seat and just kind of looked at me and was like whoa (laughs) which I thought was amazing I I was there with my boyfriend he looked at me and he was like easy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was like, I can't help it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was there with a bunch of friends, and it was so funny because, like, the shot goes on long enough that you can kind of look around to see how the people you, around you are reacting, and every like all the women are just like <laughs> taking a sip of soda, like. It's <laughs> like all right. All I right. do kind of love too that like it's you always hear about all these movies, superhero movies, where it's like, Anne Hathaway, how did you get so skinny to fit in that suit? But the the narrative in interviews for this is like, Chris Pratt, how'd you get so buff? Yeah. Like, it's so nice for a change. Well, he totally pulled like a miscongeniality. I mean, <laughs> like, I always loved Andy Dwyer on Parks and Rec. And I always yes. thought he was charming. But you can't, I mean, there are very few people attracted to men. Because, I mean, it's, 
or, or even people who are on the fence who saw that first shot of Chris Pratt like post workout regime and didn't yeah. go like um <laughs> what I yeah. <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> I need I need a minute <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> no, yeah. I totally agree. It's it's uh, it was kind of nice, and I also like that he's just been like, it was horrible. Yeah, never do it. Yeah, <laughs> I you love that like, thing where really he was like, hard. he called his wife and said, "Stop baking." <laughs> <laughs> I oh, I love that. Oh my gosh, so amazing. you were like really on the workout train for a while. I was like so impressed. Oh man, yeah. And then I uh, have been to like six comic conventions in the last three months, and I've uh, fallen off a little bit. Yeah. That'll happen. That'll happen. It's difficult. You know, I'm, I'm getting back on the train. But, um, oh, my God. I just, like, I went through a time and decided to sign myself up for 13 Comic-Cons this year. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, yeah, well, I, I canceled um, Thought Bubble, uh, which I was really sad to do. But I also had a con, like, two weeks before and one week after. Oh, my God. And oh, I my just, God. I can't. <laughs> I have to admit at some point in my life that I, I actually am destructible. Yeah. <laughs> and I need sleep. So. I mean, I, I fall prey to saying yes to everything as well, yeah. I think, because, like, I did, I had no things for so long, and so when people ask me to do things now, I'm just like, yeah, yes, oh, oh my gosh, totally, anytime, let's do it. But then, yeah, like you say, there comes a certain point where it's like, there are only so many hours in the day, mm-hmm. there are so many days in a week, like, at some point, I should probably grocery shop and maybe sleep, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I can continue to make the comics that you like, yep. <laughs> or yep. else I'll die, so I think that's probably an okay thing people well, I, will understand. I feel like it's a really good transition too um you just were one of the winners of this Cinepe- cineplex pre-show contest which um is, is cineplex just canadian it is yeah, yeah. so um, for people out, yeah. outside of canada um basically cineplex is the main um you know distributor of films the theater company in canada it's like our amc yeah yeah if you yeah. go to the movies 99 times out of 100 uh, you're going to cineplex so before each show there's this this pre-show this pre-roll and sam you're going to be one of the hosts on it now yes and thank you so much for tweeting about it and tumbling about it and oh my gosh i'm so grateful man you're like amazing thank Geek you girl illuminati network we got to support each other yeah girl <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i'm so excited um if anybody's listening who voted for me thank you as well uh it's it's gonna be really cool I, my face is gonna be in front of every movie including an IMAX which I'm not like a hundred percent sure that I'm prepared for that's incredible <laughs> that's too much face for literally anyone except for Chris Pratt I, think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know um but yeah I'm really excited about it I have no details about like what they're gonna have us doing yet or anything but yeah. there are all these segments that air before the movie just about the things that are coming up like I know Cineplex is airing the premiere of Doctor Who yes. in a few weeks which is cool so I imagine like if I was already doing it they would have had me do like a little thing about that or mm. you know things like that so I'm really super stoked about it it's gonna be so weird though oh, I'm so excited I think yeah. it's so awesome that someone I know is gonna and I know that every single time I go to the movies now I'll be like that's my friend oh my hey. God. <laughs> <laughs> I know her <laughs> They also gave me free movies for a year. Which oh, like, my God. That's the best prize of all. About. I know. <laughs> I'm just going to use literally all of my, like, literally all of it to just go see Guardians a hundred more times. <laughs> that's all oh, I'm my do. God. Well, uh, yeah, that was my thing yesterday. I was like, if I get this Bravest Warrior script done, I'm going to go see Guardians of the Galaxy again. And I got it done. And immediately I was like, wait, all of my friends are driving home from Oshiega today. Nobody's oh. here. So I texted my mom. She's like, 
I don't actually have enough money right now. So I was like, screw it. I'm buying you tickets and we're going in IMAX. Yeah. <laughs> so she perfect. was very excited. My mom also says congratulations. Uh, oh my gosh, thank uh, you. About the show thing. She's like, oh, that's so sweet. You know somebody. My mom is also a huge fan of yours. So. Aw. Yeah, your mom's <laughs> the best. She is pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, rem- um, I remember that interaction trying not to let her read my Not Safe for Work stickers when we were at TCAF. Yeah, that was pretty great. Yep. I still haven't shown her that. So <laughs> thanks for being cool about it. <laughs> Do my best. Like, yeah, this is fun. But that's um, so cool. So yeah. is that a thing you're going to be, I mean, recording? How often do they do new ones? I think they're either monthly or twice a month. Mm-hmm. I know we're shooting the first one next week, and then they're going to start airing in September. Oh, so awesome. if you're going to the movies in the fall, I'll be there. And then I'm not sure, like, for how long so keep me, but hopefully for a while, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully forever. That would be amazing. Um, do you ever, I want to ask, do you ever do movies by yourself? Are you a fan of going to movies alone? Every once in a while when I can't get someone to go with me or sometimes when I'm at conventions. Okay. Um, occasionally, like if I'm at it, because I travel so much that a yeah. lot of the time I will miss movies when they come out because I'm gone over a weekend. And sometimes right. when I'm at shows, I mean, everybody's so busy and it's so hard to rope people into doing stuff. Um, yeah. I will just... You know, if I have time to kill, which is like never, um, <laughs> I will go to the movies. But um, I almost went to Guardians by myself. I mean, that was originally my plan until I managed to convince my mom to go. Nice. Because um, I just wanted to see it again so bad. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> that's like my favorite thing in the world to do is go to movies by myself. I don't know why. Maybe that makes me a total loser. But well, if anyone else is listening who is, is into that, you're not alone. <laughs> I like it I a lot. I think it's a good experience, especially... I mean, I have a lot of friends who I love them to death, but some of them talk or check their phones. And yes. I love when I can go to them, especially, and I, I feel like you would appreciate that, like when you go during the day and there's like no one there. At like one in the afternoon. Oh my God, it's the best. Yeah. It's so and good. it's too like, you can just unashamedly enjoy something yeah. as much as you want to enjoy it. Like I went to Guardians by myself and I like laughed super loud and then I cried a bunch and I mm-hmm. laughed and I didn't have to be like... Yeah, it was okay. Like, <laughs> like yes, yep. that was the best. And like, it's just, it's so like freeing and it's kind of like a nice escape from people for a little bit too. Like I get social media overload sometimes a little bit yeah. or like hangout overload and I just need some like quiet disconnect time. Mm. And that's a really good way to, to get away from your phone for a bit and from other people. It's one thing <laughs> Is I've that actually... something that you crave? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Because, I mean, you and I both live on social media. And it's one thing I've actually taken to really liking about traveling to the States is that my phone doesn't work. So so when I, I mean, if I'm at the hotel or whatever, wherever I'm staying, I I can, I mean, obviously it's my job, so I have to check these things. But when I'm out walking around in the street and I just can't check my phone, I love it. (laughs) It's so much. (laughs) And I couldn't do it permanently, but for those four or five days, it's just like, oh, I need this. A little internet vacation. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's nice. I mean, yeah. I, I love everybody on the internet, but yeah, sometimes you just need to like enjoy the scenery or like mm-hmm. where you are in the moment. Yeah. And that can be hard sometimes. Well, I've been I've been taking to, at the end of the day, um, like forcing myself to try and put my phone away and actually read comics, the nice. physical comics and like sit in bed and catch up on my issues. And, and I think, you know, that that helps a lot. I feel a lot more grounded <laughs> doing That's it really that way. Advice. Yeah. That's really good advice. It's it's yeah. good, you know, try and try and keep up on everything. Yeah. Um, so are you you're going to Fan Expo this year? Are you yes. doing that? And New York Comic Con? Yeah, I'll be at Fan Expo and then New York Comic Con for sure. And then I'm not sure about next year, but definitely. Which will be super fun. 
I'm I think excited. that'll be great. I'm yeah, I'm not doing Fan Expo, but I'm gonna be at New York Comic Con, so I'm very excited about that. New York is gonna be great. There are gonna be so many people there and mm-hmm. it'll be a big party. It'll and be wonderful. Scissor hands and Fraggle Rock, I think, will both be out by then. So Like, can, can we just talk about how many <laughs> things you're doing? It blows my mind. It's Congratulations. Lot. Thank you. Thank you. It's 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 very exciting. I feel like it's so many things that I've been working on for so long um that are finally announced and I can stop hiding them <laughs> yes oh gosh Be i like, was working on this book for like six months before it got announced and i was just like this is this is hell who? all i wanted to do is tweet about it like, <laughs> yeah oh yeah 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 we're so used to instant gratification yeah so hard the world oh, of print my... comics is a, is a real adjustment for me yeah um who is illustrating your book by the way can you say uh, i can't say yet okay. it's not 100 percent confirmed okay. um but I, we, I'm pretty sure we have a, a lovely female webcomic artist from Tumblr awesome. um, who everyone will like very much and I'm very excited. So, awesome. um, and another Canadian girl. I can yeah. So, yeah. I'm so excited. Like the all Canadian ladybook. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dream. Right, basically. I just want to live in that world. <laughs> um, so the last thing I want to ask you is uh, the same thing I ask everybody because my recommendations get uh, stale. What are you reading, Sam? What comics do you read? Um, well, I'm totally loving Bravest Warriors right now. Shut up. Shut up. You're not allowed to say that. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I really love it. I just picked up 22 yesterday because I was I was out of the I was out of town and I wasn't near a comic book store when it came out. Right. But the ciphers are ah. so cool, man. Thanks. No, no one's going to get the one in the last issue. Really? (laughs) I don't. It's a really weird kind of cipher because each issue has a different kind of cipher. And uh, we just started writing the second arc and it's going to be a little different um, where I think there's going to be like a cipher just at the end of each issue. That's actually going to be tied into the plot rather than just uh, random references to Clone High. Uh, because <laughs> I feel I like love to be fair well it's great but I think there's a large majority of people who would actually sit down and take the time to like solve that cipher and then not get the joke which I think yeah. is very unsatisfying so I want it to be you know I've been obviously uh, not obviously but I have been obsessing over Gravity Falls because it just came back and yes. their utilization of ciphers and codes is so fantastic and I feel like I need to up my game <laughs> got it got it I yeah. love that yeah you don't want to be like what in a Christmas story where he like finally figures out the code and it's a commercial and he's like oh yeah, I yeah. Don't, you know so I think there's a little bit of that in the first arc um so we definitely want it to to be a little bit more gratifying in the second one so that's but I'm glad really- people are actually enjoying them and and that's fun <laughs> oh yeah it's awesome so yeah I'm, I'm loving that but mm-hmm. I'm also reading I'm reading dead letters oh, I haven't read that yet it's really good. You know, the first issue, I was like, it was okay, and I was reading through it, and then the last page is like a big twist, mm. and it just like hooks you, and uh, it's been really good in the subsequent issues. It's kind of a departure from what I usually read, which is comics about ladies, yeah, generally. Um, so that's been kind of exciting is for it, me. Actually, is it Sabella who's doing it that? It is. Yeah, yeah. Sabella. Yeah, um, it is. Because I know Matt Fraction was like raving about it, so. It's really good. I've been really enjoying it, especially um, for something different. And the art is really interesting. It's, uh, yeah, I've liked it a lot. I've liked it a lot. It's Chris Visions is doing the art for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's been good. And then I've been reading um, Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel, like, religiously, which I'm sure you've talked about on here before. (laughs) Um, Always. (laughs) But, like, I'm obsessed with both of them. They're Mm -hmm. so good. Uh, And Lumberjanes. 
Lumber yeah. Jane's is like my number one favorite thing that I'm reading right now. I can't get enough of it. I like want to give it to everyone I know. Mm-hmm. It's so and, good. Yeah. And Rat Queens. Oh, gosh. Oh, I can't man. talk about Rat Queens. <gasps> oh. Can we talk about Rat Queens for a minute? <laughs> So good. Okay. So yeah, it's like the way I describe it to people is if you and like your girlfriends, like exactly the way that you are, like sometimes you get high and you swear a lot and you have some sex and like, you know, that kind of like regular girls. If you landed in like Skyrim, that's what this comic is basically. I just love because it, I mean, the way that they act is just I mean, I'm sure you got this from it, too, where you're reading it and it's kind of shocking to you because you just never see women acting the way that they actually would in that situation. Of yeah, like it's, it's like so real. Drinking a bunch and, and being like rowdy and sleeping around. And like, I mean, that's what human women are like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and dwarf women, apparently. Um, but and being sassy and like yeah. not taking situation too seriously and you know it's it's great yeah it's so great it's and so they're well not, written they're not all 100% lovable they're not 100% good no you know they're it's what you would be like if you were a powerful lady in that situation that just kind of wanted to have a good time and was like in her early 20s or yeah whatever. it's <sighs> just so relatable which is so weird for like a fantasy story because usually you don't read fantasy stories and are like yeah I feel like that person yeah like you never you never feel that way and it's just so funny like it's one of the only comics that I read and genuinely laugh out loud. Yeah. Like, just every page. It's yeah, so great. that and Sex Criminals, I feel like, yes. are the ones that I always, like, actually guffaw. There's the, the one issue of Rat Queens where they're, where they're out in the woods and they're like, Betty, did you seriously only bring drugs and candy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's upset about it, but then everyone just gets really high and eats a bunch of candy. They're like, well, that was okay, actually. Yeah, that was, that was a pretty fine. good time. <laughs> Yes, exactly. It's I thought that so was incredible. Crazy. And especially, I mean, coming from, you know, it's a male creative team, but yeah. they're writing these incredible women. So it can be done, guys. Well, it. <laughs> the, the writer, you know, used to be a Toronto guy and used yeah. to like hang out in the Toronto comic scene. He's in Vancouver now, but he's like a great dude mm-hmm. with like, you know, really good like lady sensibilities and yeah. is representing women really well, which is so cool. Like you say for a male team, because so often... You know, you're used to seeing like a male team on a female comic and being like, Ugh. yeah, oh, yeah. And I think the new Batgirl is also like a cool exception to that. I mean, you've got Babs drawing it, but you mm-hmm. have, you know, male writers. But, I like, love actually... fe- male female creative teams are like my favorite thing in the world. Yes. To- like, I can't even talk about how excited I am for that. Like, yeah. Oh, Batgirl's going to be baller as hell. So great. So excited for that comic. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Which is like, and you know, I'm more of a Marvel girl than a DC girl. So it feels really cool to be excited about a DC title. But I will tell you, DC has actually reached out for the Val- to the Valkyries for the first time about this comic. Really? Like, acknowledged us. And and I would say acknowledged sounds condescending, but like they, they emailed yeah. me and were like, how can we work with you? This is well, awesome that you guys are excited about it. And I was just like... Hi. <laughs> Hello. That's yes, cool. Let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's been really awesome. neat. So it's it's cool, I guess. You know, they're... I'm actually really glad to hear that. That's yeah. really awesome. It's really yeah. neat. So I'm I'm excited to see where that's going to go. It's very cool to to be recognized. I mean, obviously, it's this huge group of female retailers. So from a sales perspective, it's just smart. Yeah. Um, especially when you have a book that obviously is going to be appealing to women. Uh, and yeah, you know, so that's really cool. 
And, and yeah. I'm, I got to give DC credit for that. So yeah. Wow. That's really awesome. That's yeah. Really awesome. Yeah. Um, it's exciting. And, you know, it, I'll forgive them for Wonder Woman maybe a little bit for that. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so those are my comic recommendations at the moment. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And probably I haven't been able to pick up the first issues of the Doctor Who comics mm-hmm. that came out last week, but I am, I've heard good things. So potentially that, but don't take my word for it. <laughs> but just anything Doctor Who, pretty much. From your yeah, essentially, that's how I roll. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Sam, do you have anything else that you are uh, working on or writing right now that we should know about? Um, nothing at the moment, really. You can catch me every weekend on the Mary Sue. And yeah, the book will be out next spring, uh, The Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy. And uh, hopefully there'll be some other stuff between now and then. But <laughs> oh, and I also I write uh, gaming articles for the National Post. So oh, that's awesome. The National Post. I didn't even know that. See? Yes. <laughs> very exciting. A couple the, our most recent article was we got really drunk and we decided to see if it would affect our performance in racing games. Um, wow. And it did. <laughs> yeah, I would in imagine. Fact, I got better, but everybody <laughs> else got worse. Um, so that's up on the National Post right now if you want to see me wasted that's on camera. Awesome. That's a great time. So, <laughs> so if people want to find you on Twitter, are you at Sam Mags? Yes. Yeah, with two Gs. Two Gs. And on Tumblr, are you the same? Same on Tumblr, same on Instagram. Oh, um, I love it. Yeah, just consistent. <laughs> Great. It's easy. It's easier for everybody. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so find me on the internet and let's be friends um, awesome. because I love internet friends. So, hooray. Well, congrats on your book and on the pre-show. That's so awesome. And uh, looking forward to seeing you at various conventions. Thanks. Me too. And congratulations to you on everything. Like, oh my gosh, wow. I couldn't be more excited for Thank all you your so stuff. Much. Thank Amazing. you. You're the yeah, best. Yeah, ladies. Yay. <laughs> yeah, ladies. <laughs> all right. Bye, Sam. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you so much for tuning in again. I'm going to be at the Dartmouth Comic Arts Festival at Alderney Landing in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia on August 17th. And uh, a couple weeks later, I'm going to be at the Memphis Comic Expo on September 13th with our first show guest and Bravest Warriors artist Ian McGinty, as well as my best friend in the world, Chris Haley. I'm very excited for that show. If you want to rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher, that would be really nice. Everything else you need, including our show theme song, is at villagesoundcast.com. And hey, after each episode, we've started putting up episode notes, including links to all of the comics I recommend at an insanely rapid-fire pace. So if you want to check stuff out and not have to write everything down, you can just go there. It's a cheat. It goes up after each episode. (laughs) Check that out and follow us at LTLcast on Twitter. I will see you guys in two weeks. I'll miss you. Did you just turn this on? Well, this was a Village Soundcast Network original production. Someone tweeted at me. They were like, I want to listen to that podcast about cats. (laughs) Comics. It's garbage.